Welcome to the Vince Vonathon. My name is Patrick. My name is Taylor. And I have a question for you, Taylor. Ask away, Patrick. This week, a double feature episode. We're going to talk about uh, Vince's movies with um, S. Craig Zoller in a minute. But first, I'd like to ask you about next week's double feature episode. How excited are you for Christmas? Very excited. I have seen both of those movies already. I mean, we have seen them together. And I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun. I, I know in advance that they are not the greatest movies ever. But um, I think they're going to be an enjoyable break from the uh, downright gruesome drama we've been experiencing. Also, just, you know, the Christmas season, I guess, was really my question. Like, you've been wrapping presents. We've had Christmas movies on the TV. You know, like, are you excited for Christmas? Oh, yeah. Thanks for clarifying. Um, I'm very excited for Christmas. Um, it is our first Christmas with our pup, and um, I've been really enjoying, like, being a, a dog mom. I, like, have already wrapped gifts for his grandparents, like, as him, because I'm crazy, um, like, with my left hand, my non-dominant hand, and, like, I put, like, a Polaroid of him on the packages. Like, I'm, I'm taking it very seriously. We got him... Um, well, I can't say because he's sitting next to us, but a J-A-C-K-E-T for Christmas. So that'll be exciting for him to get under the tree. Um, and yeah, I'm just in full-on dog mom mode and full-on uh, ready for Christmas mode. I have a December birthday, as you guys might know. And um, so things happen quickly. It's like boom. Uh, you know, it's like a, a Thanksgiving, then immediately after my birthday, and then feels like immediately after Christmas. So uh, I'm ready, and I'm hoping that my company gives me a Christmas bonus. And nothing says the holidays more than watching people get their brains bashed in and three-hour-long movies about death and despair and um, the most gruesome violence you've ever seen and the saddest people you've ever seen. Right? Uh-huh. So this week, our double feature episode, we were originally going to talk about um, these two movies separate, but then we watched the first one and we were like, oh no, like this is, these movies are a tandem, they are a pair. Um, we, um, I, I almost want to say like we were foolish to think that we would talk about this separately because they're clearly so one thing. Um like I said, Vince's uh, collaborations with S. Craig Zoller, that would be 2017's Brawl in Cell Block 99 and 2018's Dragged Across Concrete. Now, I'm going to say up front, I hated Brawl in Cell Block 99 because that's the name, that's the film title that I used for my fantasy football team this year. It was Ball on Yardline 99. And I got to tell you, my... my um, my team was terrible. Truly, t you want to you pull up some stats here? Uh, that would require me to open the app and face the truth about my team, and I don't want to do that. But you have reminded me to optimize my team in a league that I forgot about for the first time in about four weeks. Pull up my record on the bottom right. <laughs> this league? Yes. How, how is ball on yard line 99 doing? Well... You are in second to last place with a record of three and eleven. <laughs> I, I, however, um, I think I'm going to the playoffs. I'm in fourth, mainly because I was number two in the draft. 
And that's about it. <laughs> you are, of course, the average Joes. Yes, yes. We were told that we had to have Vince Vaughn names for this uh, film Twitter draft. Um, I'm just kidding. I didn't actually hate Brawl on Cellblog 99. A lot of people on Twitter have just assumed that I'm going to. <laughs> which I, like, I hate. We've talked about this many times on this show. If you haven't heard us um, do this spiel, I'm going to do it real quick right now. I don't like to poo on movies in general. I like movies. I like watching them. I like talking about them. I like sharing the ones I like with people. And I try, if I don't like something, to not talk about it. Right? And uh, this show makes that impossible because we have to talk about everything. And of course, we chose a guy who's in a lot of poopy movies. And we've just been forced. I mean, there was that two month stretch at the end of the summer that was just like, sludging through all this crap, right? And now I have this, like, reputation of this guy who doesn't like anything, and I don't think that's true about myself at all. No. In fact, Patrick loves a lot of things. He never shuts up about them to me. Um, that's why you need to listen to Feature Presentation Podcast, where our flagship podcast on this uh, website that you're listening to this on, FeaturePresentationVideo.com. Um, we love to talk about our favorite movies. We haven't in a while, because we've been busy, but uh, we do have several podcasts on there where we talk about movies that we actually like. The whole website, I want to be like a celebration of movies that I like. At the beginning of the year, we're going to do our end-of-year list, our 10 favorite movies from 2022. Um, I... One of the reasons why I wanted to do Why Two Kids, um, the show where we, we watch um, TV shows and movies and stuff from our childhood because I just, I like nostalgia and I like the VHS era and like these are all things that like I wanted to celebrate on our website and uh, unfortunately being sort of forced to talk about some of this stuff, um, I, I've, I guess I've gained this reputation. Now, I want to make it clear up front. I would say, as a baseline, that I liked both of these movies. Would you say the same thing? Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> oh, how the roles have reversed. Yep. I did not like them at all. I thought that they were dreadfully boring. Hold on, let me guess, let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. You thought that they were too long? Yeah, I guess. Well, that's just a fact. They're way too long. The I mean... I mean, Dragged Across Concrete, way too long. Brawl on Subwalk 99, like, yeah, it was long. But it wasn't like, I mean, Dragged Across Concrete was like, who the fuck didn't cut this guy off? Did, did you notice how many times I would click how much of the movie was left? And it was like every five minutes. <laughs> and I would just be like, wow, I cannot believe that there's so much more to do. Um, you, you hated the um, insane violence. I didn't care about it that much, if I'm being honest. Because it was so cartoonish. Like, it didn't bother me, like, visually. What bothered me was it was wildly unrealistic. I don't know about a lot about guns. I have shot a gun one time in my grandmother's backyard when I was, like, eight years old with my uncle. And I shot into the abyss. And I, I, so I don't know. <laughs> I just want to say, when she said that, her eyes, like, went somewhere else. I mean, she stared off into space and she was just, like, there for a minute. <laughs> I was there. I was there with my Uncle Bobby. I mean, that like, I just watched you, like, leave this dimension for a second. I have to do that because I don't see things in my head. So I have to visit there. Okay, can we talk about this for a minute? 
I don't understand how this is possible. Okay. And we've talked about this off mic, but I want to embarrass you in front of all these people. Um, you don't have a, a movie in your mind, as I call it, in my classroom. No. So in my head, my forehead is like a, like a screen. And I'm like in the middle of my head. And I'm watching the screen. And so like if I have to recall a memory... I don't have to completely disassociate like you do and stare off into the void and transport myself there. I can just recall it and see it right here in my mind. If I told you how many hours of my life have been spent laying in bed thinking of the word apple to try and see an apple, I mean, it's probably days. It's probably days. I don't know. This is going to be a very poor explanation. I've been trying to find ways to explain it for about 20 years, and this is the best way that I've come up with, and it sucks. I do not see images in my head. I see the idea of images in my head. Like, I know what an apple looks like. There is, like, the smallest semblance of, like, an understanding of what an apple looks like, but I can't see a fucking apple. And it's definitely not in color. I mean, that's, I mean, definitely not in color. Like, I maybe can see, like, an outline, but it's not, like, I can't see it. I just understand how I would draw an apple. Never mind. I regret bringing this up, and I'd like to move on now. Do you want to talk about how I see the months? (laughs) (laughs) Well, now we have to, I guess. I, I think it was when I had COVID. Maybe. Uh And I was just disassociating a lot. And I was quarantining. And at like 3 a.m., I felt this deep, deep, I mean, just completely enthralling urge to draw out for Patrick how I see the months in my head. Because he had mentioned to me before that he sees, like, time and he has a clock in his head and that's how he knows how much time has elapsed without ever looking at the time, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, well, I do think that I see the months. I don't see, I mean, again, I don't see them. I have the idea of them in my head. But the way I see them is January is, so it all comes towards me like the Star Wars letters. (laughs) Except they're upside down and backwards. (laughs) <laughs> the Star Wars letters go away. Yeah, so it's the opposite. So it, they come toward me, but they are upside down for the first five months. <laughs> oh, of course, you know. Because 12 is easily divisible by oh, five. I, I meant six. I'm six. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, I don't know what's worse. No, um, they come at me. Like, from, like, there's, like, black, and then there's, like, blocks, And they come at me, they're laying horizontally, so I can barely see the words like Jan, Feb, and they're upside down. So sometimes I really have to go, like, count it, like, while it's coming at me. And it's like January, February, March, April, May, June. And then we move to the left for July, move to the right for um, August, and then we go backwards. It starts going away from me for September through December. Uh Uh-huh. That makes perfect sense. I never said it did. In fact, it frustrates me all the time. I hate that I did not choose how to see the months because I quite literally try to count them because I try and go like, oh, what month is three? January. And I have to. And And you got to read it upside down and backwards as it flies away from you. That's that's pretty probably pretty frustrating. (laughs) It is 
it's really hard. Sometimes I have to restart and restart and restart, and then I finally just go like, fuck it, I'm just going to count my fingers, because my fingers have never let me down. That's what she said. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the movie now. Okay, I was guessing reasons why you didn't like it. You didn't find anybody in any of these movies to be likable. I didn't finish my gunpoint. Oh, God. Oh, please. I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I'm sure we're missing a ton here. The violence did not visually upset me. Like, it was gross. It was disturbing. Sure, blah, blah, blah. I've seen a lot of disturbing shit. Like, it's not the first thing. It's not the first, you know, movie to do that. Um, that said, the blood was... I mean, like, these are the primary colors. They make all the other colors. Red, yellow, blue. Like, it was red. Like, the blood the blood was red. That why, does, why does blood color always get on your nerves? Because it's just, like, fucking common knowledge that when blood pours out of you, it doesn't look red. I mean, something that we can all fucking understand as a human species is that you've had a cut or a scrape or a scab at some point in your life and you understand that the blood does not come out candy apple red pink almost but is this movie concerned at all with it being realistic i mean people get shot in the face and their faces cave in as if they got you know curb stomped or something like the 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 physics and the science and the anatomy here are have made no attempt to be anything but gruesome. Okay, well, I think that that's kind of the larger point that I'm getting at. It's like, blood color always annoys me. Like, we were watching Reservoir Dogs, and I was like, why the fuck is it so red? But, like, so blood color, like, that that aside. But what I was going to say is, like, I don't understand, you know, I, I can't claim that I'm a gun expert by any means. Like I said, I shot a gun once when I was eight years old, and I... <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Did and I then <laughs> the best the best jokes on podcasts are visual ones. <laughs> I think you can imagine what you did. Yeah. Um so I don't understand guns that well. But like I've seen a lot of movies with gun violence. No. I, I you know, gun violence is talked about every single day in my city like always. Um and I'm pretty sure that unless you are using a fucking military grade grenade gun that people's faces do not literally explode into 500 pieces when you shoot them and somehow every person that was shot in this movie i mean their heads came off like they were decapitated deconstructed and defucked up (laughs) okay let's move on like i'm sorry but like when you get shot in the brain there's a little fucking bullet hole like we've all agreed on this why does this not apply to this guy is he just a fucking pompous asshole all right the 15 minute mark she starts barking about the director okay you also found everybody to be super unlikable especially jennifer carpenter i was gonna say i mean like she just said a sour taste for everyone um i didn't care about the other people honestly like whatever but, yeah, Jennifer Carpenter, this was it for me. This was my straw. Because Dexter, she gets progressively more annoying over the nine seasons, I think? Some. Nine seasons. Um, and by the end, she's just, like, totally, absolutely horrible and terrible in every single way. 
And I went, like, separate the art from the artist. Like, you know, I always say, like, directors can make people be shitty actors sometimes, I think. You know, whatever. Um, And then we watched the Dexter revival. Dexter True Blood? True Blood's the vampire show. It's Dexter New Blood. Okay, thank you. Dexter New Blood. And she came back as a ghost and was even more fucking annoying as if it was possible. And I was like, oh, my God, girl. Like, get a grip. And so then... I was like, whatever, separate the art from the artist, separate the art from the artist, and then I see this, and not only do I see this, and she's just truly just awful in every way, but then we see an interview with her, and she quite literally can't put a sentence together. I mean, this bitch does not know how, like, grammar and English work. Alright, we're at the 1630 mark where Taylor just starts making fun of this woman. You were making fun of her. You pointed it out to me. You were like, are you listening to her right now? This literally doesn't make sense. So don't even come at me. I'm going to fucking call you out right now. Okay, but I didn't need to say it for the whole world to hear. Uh, for the whole world to hear? Yeah, I can make fun of it because at least I don't have a speech impediment. Oh. You are oh, insufferable on this episode. <laughs> no, I'm just heated, okay? All right, let, let me, let me, let's back up a little bit, Okay. Brawl in cell block 99. Vince is a, uh, I mean, there's like 30 minutes of backstory before this part of the movie. But what essentially matters is that Vince uh, is a criminal. He works in the criminal sort of underworld. He's part of a deal that goes wrong. He ends up in prison. His boss is really pissed about that and um, kidnaps his wife. Uh, who's pregnant and sort of threatens his wife and his unborn child, not sort of threatens, directly threatens his wife and his unborn child, and says, what you have to do is you are currently in a minimum security prison. You have to do some fucked up shit to get into the maximum security prison. And then there's a guy in there who's in the prison within the prison. You got to go get him and kill him. Um, that's sort of your mission um, that you, you owe me for this drug deal gone wrong. I mean, it's like... A, ton of money right so i think this is like two hundred fifty thousand dollars or something I, think it's, I thought it was more maybe more um i could i could be wrong i don't know how much drugs cost um and so that's what he does right it's it's the next like hour 90 plus of him just beating the hell out of people until he gets farther and farther in the in the prison system one thing i was thinking about uh with this movie is that there are very few movies i mean i think you can count on one hand the movies where Vince is the lead. He's not a part of an ensemble, right? You could go like, well, he's the lead in The Breakup. Yeah, but it's him and Jennifer Aniston. Well, he's the lead in, in Wedding Crashers. Well, it's him and Owen Wilson, right? Um, there are very few movies where it is him. I mean, just off the top of my head, Delivery Man. Is that the list? I mean, and even Delivery Man, he's got a lot of other people supporting him, you know? Like, supporting him so much so that, like, it's almost ensemble Chris Pratt, Bobby Moynihan, all of his children. One of his children, you know, stays prolonged. Um, Kobe Smulders, is that her name? Um, so, like, you have a lot of things. Um, yeah, I think he shares with, like, everyone. Uh, a, a quick look at our... Um page on futurepresentationvideo.com every single episode is there to find um that's it and you know like you you could argue as taylor has um that you know maybe he's not even the sole lead of that movie in this movie he is the lead 
Right? He is the main character. He gets 99% of the screen time. In fact, I don't think that there are scenes that exist without him. No, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, no, I guess there are some like very short scenes of his wife being brutally tortured. Um, but they're like I said, they're short because they are just there to propel his motivations. Like it's it's still about him and supporting him and his goals. So we have made it to um, episode thirty three, and uh, over twenty five years of his career, and it's taken this long to be the lead. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I, I'm just going to give a quick little spoiler alert here about, you know, I'm not going to share any of my final rankings. To be honest, I don't even know what my final rankings are going to be. But, you know, I was telling Patrick, like, for me, and I'm not saying the cell, cell will be on my final list. Like I said, I genuinely don't know at this point. Um, excuse me, a lot of things are still up in the air. But, like, Cell will always be above Drag Across Concrete for me because, like, he just had so much more to do. And... I, I will tell you right now, both of these movies will not be on that list. You know, if one if one of two of those is representative of this era in film, like, it's got to be Cell because of... Not to be confused with The Cell, by the way. Cell, Cell, um... Oh, my God, I almost said... Brawl and Cell Block 99. Thank you, I almost said Yardline 99. Um, uh, like, it, it's got to be... It's got to be higher for me just because of screen time and, like, lead presence alone. And he's very intimidating in this movie. He's he's completely bald. He's got this cross tattooed on his on the back of his neck, uh, his back, back of his head. Yeah, I'm, I don't know if that's a specific symbol of anything. I, I'm not sure, but um, you know he's he wears boots and he's pissed off, you know. And then he gets to prison. And he's in freaking prison, and he's even more pissed off, you know. And like it's a movie about him beating the hell out of people. Really, I mean, like that's. It's, I mean, that is, like, the one sentence, like, Vince goes to prison and beats the shit out of people. He does it in, in ways that I find, so, some of it I thought was a little over the top, some of it I thought was really funny. I mean, there's a moment where he grabs, and like, he's fighting two guys, and he grabs one guy's fist as he swings at him, and grabs his fist and uses that guy's fist to punch the other guy. Um, that's funny, you know? Um, there's, there's some good moments like that. Then there are many moments, especially towards the end, where you can sort of imagine how this, you know, sort of escalates, um, that are very representative, I think, of both movies, and I think of, um, Craig Zoller's movies, because I've, I've also seen, um, I'm blanking on the, oh, Bone Tomahawk, where I like, uh, the, the the movies in theory. And I like parts of them. I like the intentions that he has. Like, I like that he likes Vince Vaughn. And I like that he likes Kurt Russell. And um, I like that he wants to make his movie. And he he does this ultra-violence thing that, that few people, you know, want to go that far. And, and um, he likes Don Johnson. And, like, you know, I, I, I like these things about him. I also to Taylor's insufferable asshole point from minute four of this show. Um, I just think he takes it too far, man. And I just am not convinced that he does it as a commentary on these people or a critique on these people. I mean, he's, he's tackling in, in all of these movies, class, race, um, I mean, freaking every like I mean, those are really the main two, but 
I mean, yeah, the police. Um, good, yeah. good versus evil. Right, you got it. And um, I am just not convinced that he and I agree on, on these things. Do we have to? No, we do not, right? He gets to make his movies, um, and I have to watch them if Vince Vaughn is in them. Um, but I'm not sure we agree to a point where I kind of go, eh, you're kind of skeeving me out a little bit. Like, I, uh, you're like a little in the gray area in a way that like, is this a commentary on all cops are bastards? Or do you genuinely believe that, to, ju to jump to drag across concrete for a second, do you genuinely believe that if cops uh, um, are wronged, then they can do whatever the hell they want? You know, I, I, I'm not sure. And then when you cast Mel Gibson, which was Vince's idea, uh, according to the internet, or his, his, you know, sort of offering, his pitch. Um, and to a certain extent, when you cast Vince Vaughn, who we've said many times that we, we don't feel the need to, to dive into the politics of it. I don't feel like um, um, it's the biggest elephant in the room. Some people might. I personally do not. Clearly, we do not. We, we, we do this show, and we don't feel the need to address it all the time. Um, but you get a lot of guys who have um, a certain direction of politics... And then you say you're making a commentary on these people. And then you just, like, use the N-word a bunch. And you, like, say that the system is corrupt. But then you say, like, yeah, it's not really the police's fault. And um, to circle back, you can imagine how Brawl in Cell Block 99 ends. It gets, you know, insanely violent. And I'm just going to go, I... the. Uh, I think he... I don't want to say that. I'm not sure he likes these people that he's killing. I feel like there's a certain like fun out of killing these people at the end of this movie. There's a lot to unpack about what you just said. Um, I, not, I think you touched on you know the kind of questionable ethics and motives for telling these stories. Well, I don't feel the need to really expand on that. But what I will say in a similar vein is that, I, I'm sorry, I'm just going to like really shit on this guy for a second. And I, and I really like, I really am trying, to, I'm, I'm not trying to do that. But these scripts suck. These, <laughs> I, no, I'm, I'm serious. Like the scripts are, are textbook definition of poor scripts. I mean, they have, you know, weird pacing. They have very bizarre one-liners that feel like an AI punched up the jokes. The, the Jennifer Carpenter um, uh, plot line in the second movie. In, oh, my God. In, in, AI. That's what it feels like. In Dragged Across Concrete was, was really the breaking point for me where, like, 90 minutes in this movie. I mean, just spoiler alert for Dragged Across Concrete. Um, go watch it if you want. It's on HBO. She's introduced 90 minutes into the movie. Um, has, has had, up to this point, nothing to do with anybody else, right? the introduction of her storyline doesn't clearly sync up with anybody else. Like, you're not like, oh, that's that person. No, no, she's, like, starting her own thing. She's got this, like, super weird, intense moment for a minute, and then she just gets shot in the head. 
Yeah. And she's in the movie it, for five it, minutes. It was very clearly a like, oh, I really like this actress. I want to put her in somewhere. How can I do that? And it was so stupid. Like, I... <laughs> you should not sacrifice getting... You should not sacrifice quality content for working with your buddies. It's really lazy film criticism to just say that everybody that does this kind of thing is a knockoff Quentin Tarantino. And I, I did it on the Just Your... No, maybe it was Just Your Luck. Yeah. I think Clay Pigeons, I think it might have been kind of no, both episodes. It was Just Your Luck for sure, though. Um, because sometimes that's just what it is, right? That is so clearly what this is at this point. And I don't even mean like he is trying to be Quentin Tarantino. I think at a certain point, Tarantino has just created his own sub-genre of film, right? And he's trying to do that sub-genre. And, um, you know, the time jumps and the multiple storylines converging and the repertory actors and the extreme violence. I mean, like, he checks off a lot of these boxes. And like you said, we just watched Reservoir Dogs. Um, Go to the website. You can read some more of our thoughts about that. Um... And you can see in Tarantino's first movie, like working out a lot of the kinks and and trying to figure out kind of how this thing's going to be. And this also felt like that. But we're not talking debut future 30 years ago. You know, we're talking um, movies that are inspired by those movies. Definitely. I mean, you, you can't doubt it. And these questions come up with Tarantino as well. And many people who are not fans of his question the ethics and the morals and the intentions. And wow, that guy uses the N-word a lot, right? And then Sam Jackson comes in and says, I'm cool with him using the N-word because he does it for blah, 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 blah reasons, right? And sure, I'm sure that there's a way that you could do it with with Craig Zoller's movies um, where... No, it's a criticism on this thing, or no, he's it's a commentary on this thing, or he's even uh, doing a criticism of the Tarantino subgenre. Like I could see why people who like this movies and many people like his movies um, can do those things um, because it can be done for Tarantino. I can also see why people would be completely and utterly sort of repulsed by them, which you are to some extent, right? I feel very in the middle. Um, I feel like. I could be swayed either way. Sometimes I go, oh, that's an interesting thing he just had to say about policing and how police feel like they can do whatever they want, and then when they get caught, they get pissed off, and they do blah, 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 right? And then he's supposed to sort of explain from Mel Gibson's perspective of all people, Mel Gibson's perspective on why it's okay to be uh, uh a rough police officer and why police brutality is okay. And um, I miss the good old days when we could just beat up on these guys and and the system's done nothing for me. And you go like, I, I, I what side of this does he land on? Like I said, he doesn't have to lie, uh, um, pick the side that I, I'm on, right? He can do whatever he wants. He gets to make his movies. But when all of these things come together, and, and at this point you've seen two of his movies, I've seen three, I don't think that there's another one I'd have to double check. I, I'm really unconvinced. I'm really unconvinced that he does not have poor taste when it comes to race. Um, I mean, there's some really, really screwed up stuff in, in Bone Tomahawk. Um, but then you go like, oh, the end of Dragged Across Concrete. Spoilers, I've already spoiled part of the movie. 
who gets away with all the money. It's not the corrupt cops, it's the black guy, right? I can see both sides. I don't know if I like either side. I think I would like to just kind of land in the middle. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think, like I said, um, I think that there are... I think there are a lot of just sloppy things about uh, about the whole thing, okay? I think that the scripts are sloppy, like I said. I think that they feel like a first draft of a 10-draft saga. I think sloppy is a really good word to use in general. Yeah. Reckless, even, maybe yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Sloppy, reckless. That's how I feel. The scripts are sloppy. They feel like they were partially written by AI. They feel unhuman, almost, and they feel... Um, unfinished and unkept then you look at like the cinematography and drag or sorry brawl and sidewalk 99 is literally blue it's literally blue twilight can get away with that because it is an early 2000s sci-fi vampire movie if you I, i hate the sludge i hate the sludge i hate the brown sludge i hate the green sludge i hate the yellow sludge i hate the blue sludge like it's it's lazy to me you should be able to convey feeling and you should be able to convey vibe without putting a filter on your film. I'm not saying that it doesn't enhance certain things. Obviously, like, Wes Anderson is, like, prized for that exact thing, but I would also argue that he does it much more intentionally than someone who clearly is lacking in script, lacking in direction, lacking in, you know, a bunch of different departments, and then goes, well, why isn't my vibe clear? Can I make it blue? Then will my vibe be clear? Like, that's what it's giving to me. Um, I feel similarly about Dragged Across Concrete. Uh, It felt very aimless. It felt, I mean, the bloated runtime already makes me go, like, what is the point? What is the point? What is the point? Where are we getting? Where are we getting? Um, but like, so it felt, it felt incredibly aimless to me. I didn't know what was going to happen next, not in a intense suspenseful way in a, like, where the fuck is this heading way? Um, and then I also thought, like I said, that extreme violence thing, I think, excuse me, that extreme violence thing, again, it didn't bother me visually. Like I, I don't care, but and I, I don't even think I would have cared as much about the cartoonish nature of it if the script had supported that in any way. But it's a poorly written, genuinely dramatic script. And then you're having the most cartoonish, bizarre effects ever. And it's like those two don't mash up at all. If he had a cartoonish script, not even like a like genuine like cartoon but like if he even had some sort of playfulness in his script some sort of or just an even all-out intensity in his script then maybe those two could work together but it just it didn't go at all see what he's doing i think or what he's trying to do is make modern day exploitation movies um and you know, we could talk all day long about the difference between 70s exploitation movies and these movies, right? And, and I just chose, you know, 70s because I sort of think it's the prolific era. But um, what is it about those movies that make it fun, that make it um, uh, goofy, that make it sort of over the top, and that this is just dark and despair, and it doesn't feel like that same thing? Yeah, I feel like... You know, speaking of exploitation movies, and and I will not 
pretend that I know much about exploitation movies. That's Patrick's thing. That is not my thing. Um, but like the one-liners, you know, exploitation films, I think have a lot of really rich one-liners that people love to goob on. If well, I mean, you you saw it with um, Reservoir Dogs, yeah. right? What is the where's the toilet in this dungeon? I gotta take a squirt. Yeah. Where's the commode in this dungeon? I gotta take a squirt. And come on, ramblers, let's get rambling. Right, like that. Just like here's a funny line. Boom. Right. That that's something we're gonna say walking out of the theater. There's a ton of those in these movies, in these two movies, and I can't remember a single one. No, I can remember them because they're so bad. <laughs> I think the thing that makes these one-liners uh, in movies like Reservoir Dogs and other, you know, we were, we were just talking about Samuel L. Jackson, you know, and, and his canon of motherfuckers. And, you know, I was saying, like, you know, I think what makes these things so memorable is because they're not forced. Like, yeah, maybe the writer went, like, that's a funny line. But, like, they're not playing for laughs. They're just doing it earnestly, and they're just doing it, like... It's just kind of a write-off, you know? Like, they just say it, and you sit with it, and then you move on. You know? Like, it's 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 very casual. It's very cool. It feels very effortless. Like, this is just something that this random guy would say, right? In Brawl and Selvick 99, specifically, there are so many, I mean, just uber-dramatic, for-the-camera, look-deadpan-as-you-say-it moments there's one where, and I, I'm paraphrasing here, I don't actually know exactly what it said, um, but these these men of uh, Latino heritage are talking shit about Vince. Oh, yeah. And he's able, and Vince is able to pick up one of the words. So they're, they're talking in Spanish, and they, they say the word loco. Everybody knows what loco yeah. means. Yeah, they go like... Uh, loco gringo which obviously like if you know any spanish at all like you probably know what that means um and so he goes like yeah maybe i am loco but you don't want to mess with this gringo and he like looks at the camera and like you sit with it and then they go like all right. here it is it's right here that's right i'm loco now get the fuck out of my crazy way yeah yeah <laughs> Like, as if we didn't know Loco already meant crazy, we had to then say crazy. Like, it's just like, are we five years old? Like, who is this script for? And I, I will also say, and this is just going to be a very personal opinion. I totally understand that this is not a universal experience. I can handle the violence. I can handle the language. I can handle a lot of things. Brawl on Cellbuck 99, I think, was fucked up in certain ways that triggered me very deeply. They, they just to speak very broadly, they threaten his wife in these very disturbing explanations that you just go like, oh my God. And then you go like, there's like 90 minutes left in this movie. What are they going to do? Right? They kind of just say like anything is on the table for the rest of this movie. And then you watch it biting your nails like this is crazy. And not biting your nails in a suspenseful way, but in a biting your nails like if they show something like this, I will never sleep again because it's just fucked up. Like, I'm sorry, you don't earn, you should not earn suspense by genuine fear of what's going to happen next for like your own mental sanity. And that's what 
that movie felt like for me. Again, I understand that's probably not going to be a universal experience for everybody, but they were speaking very detailed about mutilations of an unborn fetus, fetus, and it was just too much. Too much. I think that um, for the reason that you said earlier that that you're putting Brawl above Concrete because it's just a Vince movie more than Concrete is, um, I, I'd like to very briefly touch on Vince in both of these movies. Um, <clears throat> I like him a lot in... Um, in Brawl on Cell Block 99. However, I think other people like him more in that movie because, and I'm making an assumption here, because they haven't watched every single Vince Vaughn movie and they didn't know the thing that we already knew, right? We feel like he's a really talented actor who doesn't get enough to do and and for whatever reason himself or his agent or the money or the scripts that he was given or whatever um, made a lot of sludge, but he could have had um, a, a really solid career where he really went for it, right? And so when this we see this movie, some people go, wow, that was revolutionary. I didn't know Vince Vaughn could do that. And I was going, yeah, I knew he could do that. I feel similarly. I will give credit to the director for one thing. Uh, remind me of his name. S. Craig Zoller. S. Craig Zoller. Okay, thank you. I'm getting like very mixed up. Um, because the initial, yeah. Yeah. Um, I will give S. Craig Zoller one legitimate thing and that is when we watched um some of the uh behind the scenes things available on our disc um he said you know i always felt like vince could handle a role like that okay agree um and he said but also if you look at vince vaughn and you've never seen him before he's just a man walking down the street and you've never seen Wedding Crashers, and you've never seen the internship, and you've never seen him be goofy and, and whatever. He's just a guy walking down the street. He's a big, tall guy, and he's scary looking. He often looks tired. Yeah, he looks tired. <laughs> he looks haggard. He's just, like I said, big, looming you know, pale, you know, in a creepy way. Um, and so he's like, if you just saw that guy, like, yeah, I knew that if I shaved his head, essentially, he was gonna give me the effect I was looking for visually. And then he also just happens to be a really talented actor that people have not discovered yet dramatically. And I agree with those. I, I genuinely agree with those sentiments. And in that sense, I go like, great job, great casting. This makes sense. And then he casts like Mel Gibson and jennifer or whatever i can't remember her name i almost want to say Connolly, and i know that's not right so thank you jennifer carpenter and then i go like did he just like you know uh what's the saying like um i don't know (laughs) great thanks um you know what i was gonna say to make up for it what i was gonna say (laughs) if you take a hundred shits at least one will be in the toilet (laughs) wait what Wait, what? <laughs> That's not a thing. I've never heard that before. <laughs> if you... If you... If, <laughs> Yo, I want to make sure... I'm going to review this. I want to make sure you heard that. Taylor just said... <laughs> if you... If you... I can't even say it. If you take a hundred... <laughs> I can't 
can't even. I swear to God, I'm not doing it. I can't say it without laughing. If you take, I'm crying. If you take a hundred shits, one of them's gonna be in the toilets. I'm crying right now. What the fuck are you talking about? There is there is a saying to that. No, it's not. <laughs> it has nothing to do with shits. It has nothing to do with toilets. What I'm trying to say is there is a thing, there is a saying that exists that is that same sentiment, like, um, you know, like, okay, I remember what it is. Broken clock is right twice a day. Oh my god. <laughs> and if you take a hundred shits. If you take a hundred shits. One of them will be in the toilet. Okay, give me this fucking microphone. Oh my god. What you failed to miss oh my god. is I was saying, haha, oh I can't god. think of the saying. It's so silly that this popped in my head. I was not actually trying to replace no, the saying I with that. I understand that. I just can't. Like, why did that even. Like. <laughs> Well, I don't see images in my head, so clearly something's wrong up there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That might be the funniest thing you've ever said on this show. Oh, my God. I cannot recover. Okay. Good night, guys. We'll see you next week. Oh, my God. Okay. That might be the funniest thing you've ever said. <laughs> Forget this show. That might be the funniest thing you've ever said. Okay. I love when you mess up sayings. It's so funny to me. Like when you went, I wouldn't touch that with a nine football. <laughs> Something about that was really funny. Okay. Whew. Let's move on. Dragged across concrete. I have something I want to say about them. In the, <coughs> excuse me. In the same way that Brawl in Cell Block 99 is a Vince Vaughn movie, Dragged Across Concrete is not. He's supporting Mel Gibson. And you think for the whole movie that it's a Mel Gibson movie. And then, or, you know, his his character, really. I'm, I'm using that as shorthand, but, like, you think that it's his character's movie, right? And then you get to the last, like, 15 minutes, and you go, oh, no, it's this other guy's movie. Because if you're doing basic, like, drama 101, like, how do scripts work, the movie or the play or whatever is about the person who changes the most from beginning to end. And if you die, you're excluded. <laughs> I mean, unless you die in the last two seconds, right? You are excluded. Um, and uh, you go like, oh, this was the guy. Like, this was who the movie was about? It was about this guy who, like, we barely, like, got to really know. Or he's really just, like, a, a, a sort of stand-in for his race and people of his background and you just go like oh well that was like kind of lazy right and this is that like oh well if i have a billion different characters kind of th I, I don't know i'm so caught up by the toilet thing but um basically you think that vince is like the number two and then you start to go like i think vince might even be like like the seven or eight of this movie yeah and spoiler alert vince dies Really early. I mean, not really early. But well, I mean, there's like 45 minutes left, but it's two hours into the movie. <laughs> yeah, so like in comparison to Mel Gibson and other many, 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 many other people who die along the way, like Vince dies pretty early. Uh, and so 
Yeah, I, and I, I believe, and I'm just going to be candid here, candid here, guys, like, um, it, it took us a lot longer than two hours and 45 minutes to watch this movie. I mean, we, we broke it up because it was a, a little bit of a sludge fest. Um, and so I, I can't remember entirely, but I think the movie starts with that guy. So I know that S. Craig Zoller was, like, sitting behind his computer going, like, ooh, they think that this is just some schmuck. But really, the movie's all about him, and it's right in front of their face. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You're right. The movie, by the way, you, yes, the movie does start with him. Um, if we're using the letterbox scale, because we're going to, because, you know, we're, we're letterbox girlies. I feel because because I'm so on the fence about how I feel about this movie. The things I really like about it, there are things I really respect about it, there are things that are really turn me off and give me the ick. I feel like this is Drive Across Concrete is the very definition of a two and a half movie for me. Because I feel like this is something that I should like. I feel like it's something that like should be up my alley. It's got things that I like that happen in other movies that I like, but I don't like it in this movie, right? So it feels like just perfect 50-50 split. I'm on the fence about it. And because of that, I feel like Brawl is a three-star movie. And listen, at the end of the day, the numbers are are made up. But this is just to sort of illustrate my point. Bumped up a little bit because it's a Vince movie, right? If Vince was... Um, the the lawyer character in in brawl it'd be a two and a half does that make sense it does um my my ratings were lower like just being honest you know um i feel like so we watched brawl first we watched brawl and then dragged across concrete well we watched brawl thinking it was going to be a solo episode and then we were like, oh, like we can, we just know that the other movie is going to be exactly like this and it's going to be one conversation. If we try and split up into episodes, we're just going to repeat ourselves. Yeah. So despite how, despite how brutal and disturbing Brawl on Cell Block 99 was, I still think it was the better movie. I still enjoyed it more. I thought it was more interesting. I thought it was more suspenseful. I thought it was a, a slightly better script. I think it was tighter. You know, now I'm not saying these things by a long margin, but, like, I do think that Brawl was a better movie. That said, I still think that it was sloppy in a lot of ways. I still think that it was too long. I still think that it was, you know, all these things, but it was just, like, better in those categories than, than Dragged Across Concrete. So I feel like for me, I gave Brawl a two. And I'll and I will be perfectly candid and say I was very torn between a two and a half and a two. So I, I you can imagine that my my real true rating is like a two point three if Letterbox allowed that or something. Um, you know, I, I just didn't quite feel like it was good enough to be a perfectly fine movie because I think that there were things that really dragged it down. Like really dragged it down. I think like, you know, when I watch uh, you know, a, a rom-com that's perfectly average, like, that's a two and a half. This had things actively wrong with it, and so, therefore, it was a two for me. So that put me in a little bit of a tough position for Dragged Across Concrete because I thought Dragged Across Concrete was boring. I thought it was boring. I thought that none of the issues from Brawl and Cell Block 99 were fixed. Um, it was just an, an extended 
um, version of that, essentially. You know, way longer, way more sloppy, I think, way less interesting, way more, you know, characters, but, you know, mishandling them. So I didn't like it as much. And so then I, you know, was kind of stuck with this two that I had already given um, Brawl. And I was like, well, this is going to be a one and a half. So I think we are in agreement, although your sentiments are just higher. And not everybody has the same letterbox scale, despite it being out of five stars. Um, I think that we just kind of do do movies differently. And you also obviously have a much larger appreciation for the background of this film and the film history and the director that I just don't have. So that's what it was for me. And just public consensus, all of the top reviews about these movies are three and a half, four star reviews. I just don't get it. I mean, maybe that's on me. You don't have to. Maybe that's on me. Um, and, you know, sometimes... Okay, I hate to acknowledge the binary for a second. But, like, sometimes when we see these hyper-masculine, traditionally masculine movies with, like, all men, and you're casting Vince fucking Vaughn and Mel fucking Gibson, and it's brutal and it's violent, and you go, like, this is a boy's film. And again... Do films have gender? No, they do not. Anyone can enjoy any film. But when you think of these typically masculine films, and then I go like, ooh, I didn't like very much. Like, like it very much. Sometimes I go like, am I just a stupid girl? Like, that's my, like, intrusive thought. You know, like, obviously I rationally know that that's not true, and I can have my own opinions on films separate from a binary, but... You know, I go like, oh, am I just a stupid girl? Am I just a stupid girl who doesn't understand this, like, cool boy film? Um, but no, I think that my feelings are valid. I, I just think that, um, going back to the binary, binary for a second, I think the film bro trope is also a very real thing. Uh, boys love to support other boys being silly boys. And, um, and, and I mean that widely, not as an actual, like, you know, boys, bros, but I, you know, like it, it just, you know, boys will be boys. And, um, I'm not one of them, and I'm not going to put up with their bullshit. Um, I'm with you. I feel like that's about all that I got. The, the, the one other thing that I thought of was that in Drag to Cross Concrete, the one thing I really do want to give that movie is that the the main sort of antagonist, the bank robber guy dressed in all black, that guy's terrifying. I mean, like, I was, like, legit, like, whoa, this is really freaking me out. But then, you know, he shoots Jennifer Carpenter in the face after she'd been in the movie for three minutes, and I'm like, okay, well, no. <laughs> So, anyway, you get the idea. Um, I made my point. Yes. Very okay. creepy. Um, I did not get a chance to talk about Vince's performance, so I just very oh, quickly want to um, touch on that. Um, I thought Vince was wonderful in Brawl. I really did. I, I cannot, despite my feelings about the movie, despite, you know, the many emotions that came up for me watching this movie, I think that he gave a very, very, very strong performance. Um, again, is it something that we didn't already know? No, we knew. We knew uh, that he was this talented. We knew he was capable, like Patrick mentioned, and like I actually mentioned in last week's episode, or I guess, you know, two weeks ago, the last episode that you heard, um, I said, I can understand, you know, speaking of Hacksaw Ridge, I can understand how when people have only seen the wedding, wedding crashers or the breakup, they see Hacksaw Ridge and they go like, whoa, that Vince Vaughn guy can act. That's crazy. Um, and I think people probably, you know, 
Also, there were people who saw the wedding, who saw the breakup and wedding crashers and went like, whoa, Brawl and Soul Book 99 is crazy. That guy can act. We just don't have that kind of feeling because of our history with Vince Vaughn. Um, and that's okay. But yeah, like I do think I want to give credit where credit is due. He did a very, he had a very strong performance. I think that something that was really remarkable about his performance in, in Brawl was his, um, his matter-of-factness. You know, he, he found out that they were going to do truly disturbing things to his wife and baby, and there was not a flicker of doubt in his mind. It was matter-of-fact. I have to do these things, and that is that. Even if it means I die, I will do these things. I will protect my wife and child. That is it. And I think it was, he was, he did a really tremendous job at being matter of fact and being cold blooded in that sense, while also obviously feeling so many things, but he had to push it down. And it wasn't even just a lazy, like, oh, I know from the script that he's pushing it down. Like, no, not really. Like, no, um, that was in his performance. Uh, so, so good on him, uh, dragged across concrete. He's really a supporter. Um, he was fine. But Brawl is really where he stood out for me. You know, there are things to... I feel like there are things to like in these movies. Vince is one of them, right? Um, you can't win them all, right? You're going to take 100 shits. What if I was going <laughs> to... I can't do it. I cannot say this sentence without laughing. You take 100 shits, one of them's going to land in the toilet. And in Brawl, the shit was Vince. Maybe he was on the toilet seat. No, I mean, not not Vince, but like the movie was like a, the turd was near the toilet, but I will say in the the case of Vince, yeah, like it flushed. All right. Merry Christmas. Um, No, next week we have our Christmas uh, double feature, Fred Claw. Christmas Spectacular. Yes, Fred Claus and uh, Four Christmases. We skipped over them because otherwise we would have talked about them in like August. Saved them for Christmas. Here it is. It's next week. Um, another double feature episode. Back to back weeks. Um, boy, our dog is cute. Um, also talking about if, if that's your jam, Christmas movies. Why two kids? It's the place to be right now. Uh, we just did um, uh, Doctor Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Everybody, or excuse me, Taylor. For everybody at home that doesn't listen to Why Two Kids, number one, you should be. But number two, give them your Grinch impression. I can't remember the line. Um... Eight eight eight. Hate, hate, hate. Double hate. Loathe entirely. <laughs> you get more of that over at Y2Kids. And uh, next week we're doing the Santa Claus uh, with Tim Allen. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, lots of fun stuff going on over there. It makes it sound like we only talk about problematic people. At, well, this new Santa Claus show, we will talk about next week. Um, and uh, our website, we already mentioned a couple times, futurepresentationvideo.com. Talk about everything from the new 4K disc of Reservoir Dogs to some of our favorite Christmas movies. Um, you know, you get it all over there. Go to our website, put your email address in. We will send you everything that we do for free. And that's the best place to find this show and Y2 Kids. Everything that we do, if you're listening to this on your podcast type of choice, you don't go to the website, number one, you should. But if not, on Spotify, Apple, wherever, uh, thank you for rating us five stars, leaving us a nice review, and... Um, and I'm giving you a little bit of an early Christmas present over at FeaturePresentationVideo.com. I have a rom-com roundup hitting the site on Thursday. 
She is she's, uh, starting a new column where she watches rom-coms every month. And um, that means that I get to watch them too. Very exciting. You can find me, of course, on Letterboxd at Taylor Malone and on Twitter at Mailer Talone. Uh, yes, I'm uh, Patrick J. Regal everywhere. Um, the show is at Vonathon on Twitter. <coughs> Excuse me. It's also Vince. I'm, I, I choked from laughing so hard. Uh, it's also Vince Vonathon on Instagram. You can email us at VinceVonathon at gmail.com. The best place is FeaturePresentationVideo.com. I couldn't agree more, Patrick. I'm going to say it one time without laughing. You can take 100 shits, and one of them will land in the toilet. You're missing the at least. At least. At least, one at least of them. okay. It's, it's, it's just it's better than 1% odds. Yeah. You can take 100 shits. At least one of them will land in the toilet. See you next week, guys, for a Christmas spectacular. See you then. Yes, Hick.